Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Radio is on the road. We're live at the MLB Winter Meetings. Bernie Pleskoff in the house with me, Joe Pizzapia, as well as Fantasy Sports Today. Baseball edition starts now. Red From the 2019 Baseball Winter Meetings. Cole strikes out the side on 10 pitches. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Here it is! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Now, let's go live to the Hyatt in San Diego with your hosts, Craig Mish and former MLB scout, Bernie Pleskoff. And welcome in. This is our special edition live at the MLB Winter Meetings. Craig Mish, Bernie Pleskoff, also Joe Pizzapia in the house. This is Fantasy Sports Today. And for the next two hours, you get your first look at the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Good to be with you here as uh, the great team over at Sports Grid and FNTSY Radio has sent us here on the road to cover all of the action, all of the transactions, the trades, the free agent signings, and, of course, what we'll do is we will dive into all the Major League Baseball teams here. In fact, coming up a little bit later in the show, Tom Hardicord, who covers the Brewers, will join us. We'll talk Brewers, reality, and fantasy. We've got Mets discussion with Tim Healy, Barry, and Bloom on all of the MLB rule changes, perhaps some Hall of Fame stuff as well. And, of course, back in the studio in New York, we have Sean Guastamacchia producing and also the production being done by Chris Bavona. Our executive producer, as always, is uh, Greg Sussman. So that's how we are started off here on the show. But... Uh, my third straight year being at the winter meetings, and I'm joined by Bernie Pleskoff for the next two hours. Very excited to have Bernie along for the ride. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Bernie's work, and you should be by now, he was a former Major League Baseball scout for several teams and also one of the most astute lookers and performers in the world of fantasy baseball. So he can take the reality and turn it into fantasy, and uh, and that's a great way that we can start off this show today. Bernie, thanks so much for spending the next three days with me here live in San Diego as we're going to get to break it all down, all of the moves, what it means for reality, what it means for fantasy. Thanks so much for joining me here on this venture. Craig, thank you for having me. And, you know, you said it just the way I wrote it, so thanks a million. That's really nice of you. <laughs> I'm really happy to be uh, with you here in San Diego. The weather isn't cooperating. But it's great to be with you talking fantasy baseball. Is there anything better, Craig, than fantasy baseball? Seriously. Well, some people would say fantasy football. Uh, You know what? Uh, Maybe, maybe. But I love fantasy baseball. I've been playing it for years. And we're going to talk about how you win. It's all about winning. Winning money, winning your league, and playing well. You have to play well to win. And a lot of that is identifying very early on the players that are involved in exactly. that. And certainly with the transactions that happen uh, in the offseason, we have to kind of correlate that to from the reality to the fantasy part of the game. Now, uh, the last couple of years, Bernie, that I've attended the winter meetings, I'll, I'll, you know, I give it to you guys straight here on the show all the time. Uh, last year, I had a great time in Las Vegas, but nothing happened. That's right. Two years ago, I had a great time in Orlando, but nothing happened. The question that I think, Bernie, everybody wants to know 
is over the last two weeks, we've seen more transactions in late November and December than I think we saw all combined over the last couple of years. Do you think that that is a trend that over the next three days we'll continue to be able to talk about? I hope so, certainly. You know, Craig, there's a lot of pressure on owners and general managers to move players along and to spend some money because the Players Association is putting heat on. And when you have that type of power that the association has and you have a collective bargaining agreement that will be up soon, that means player movement. And I think it's going to get more and more exciting. But, Craig, when you put a trade together, it's like building a house of cards, one card at a time until the house is built. But if something goes wrong and they pull a card out, the whole thing collapses. So it started at the general manager's meeting in Phoenix a couple weeks ago. They started talking to each other. They know what the needs are of every club, and now they have to see if they have a match. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, sitting as a scout and sitting next to people, and they would look you in the eye and they say, Bernie, we just don't match up this time, maybe next time. It's all about matchups and if you've got what i want it's going to cost and you know if the price is right they pull the trigger and we'll get into a lot of those names the third member of our broadcast group is going to give us a more in-depth look at the fantasy ramifications as he always does my co-host for fantasy sports today normally talking football and of course uh, his fantasy black book will be out uh, over the next couple of months in baseball, Joe Pizapia, who is back in the uh, New Jersey studios, is joining us here as well. Joe, good afternoon. Great to have you along for the ride here as well. Absolutely. Very excited to join you, gentlemen. And yes, we're actually just weeks away from Black Book dropping January 1. We're working feverishly. And it's great to actually have some stuff to write about and get excited about. You're right. Last couple of years, a little quiet for sure over at the winter meetings. I thought last year, just because Vegas had so many things to do, that nobody wanted to make any deals. There was so much other curricular activity going on, but I would say this for sure. Very exciting to see some moves being made, and those fantasy ramifications are buzzing all over the place. So it's going to be a fun couple days, I'm sure, and uh, we've got a fun couple weeks ahead of us here as we get to the new year. Yeah, and a lot of what we're going to do here the next three days, for those of you who are listening, is of course we're going to cover this from an insider's perspective. You guys know that I like to break news and cover the news, and of course I will do that for you guys if you have any questions, you can hit us up on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Bernie Pleskoff, at Joe Pizapia17. Uh, but we are going to dive into the fantasy aspect of this also. We'll take an early look at the first couple of rounds of fantasy baseball next year, potentially on the landing spot of arguably the biggest free agent in baseball, maybe in the last decade as far as a pitcher is concerned, in Garrett Cole, what that will mean potentially where he ends up. There's a lot of at least uh, you know scuttle that he's going to end up signing during the winter meetings which would be fantastic for us. It would give yeah. us a ton to talk about. So uh, we're off and running here, and I hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you're listening live on the FNTSY radio app or on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio, certainly don't forget you can go back and listen to us on demand 24-7 on fantasysportsnetwork.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever your podcasts are heard. So here's what we'll do. Coming up next, we've got the opening drive. We will dive back into some of the hot topics that are surrounding baseball right now. I'll have one. Joe has one. Bernie has one as well. Uh, then we will dive into Brewers discussion. Wow, what will the Brewers look like in 2020 after basically the last couple of years of all the turnover they have had? Tom Hardicourt will join us. We'll talk Mets with Tim Healy. And we're live at the MLB Winter Meetings. Bernie Pleskoff and Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia here on FNTSY Radio. We'll be back after a short break. Don't go away. 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Turn live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. All right, welcome back. We are live at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Bernie Pleskoff, Craig Mish in San Diego, Joe Pizapia back on the East Coast. We've got the fantasy and reality corners covered for you here and uh, you can follow us on twitter at fntsy radio at craig mish at bernie pleskoff at joe pisa pia 17 if you have any questions or comments you can give them to us we'll start rolling in the parade of guests today and tomorrow and uh, we'll start taking a look at the early rankings for fantasy baseball in 2020 but normally what we do on this show during our football coverage, which, by the way, continues once uh, once the winter meetings are over. We'll go back to that and then go full baseball toward the end of the month of uh, December and January as we normally do the opening drive. And so we will continue with that, except for we'll have our baseball-themed edition. The hot topics right now that are circulating on this Monday, December the 9th, 2019. And for our first down, we turn it over to my guest host for the week, Bernie Pleskoff. Bernie, what do you got for first down? Well, Craig and Joe, I am looking at the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, I think they were embarrassed for a couple years now. I think they want to make a splash. They want to get the Yankees off the front pages. They want to get the Angels off the front pages. And I think they're going to make a major move. First of all, I think they're going to get Didi Gregorius. But I also think if they don't get him, they're going to look at Francisco Lindor with Cleveland. That would cost them Gavin Lux yeah. or maybe Jeter Downs or maybe Alex Verdugo. But look for the Dodgers to make a major splash in the offseason. They cannot afford to sit pat right now. Yeah, and the thing with the Dodgers, Bernie, is that Every year, it feels like they're in these conversations for all of these free agents and all of these hot ticket trades, but it always is a financial thing with them. It almost feels like they have to move this money around in order to make things happen when arguably they're in a top three market of Major League Baseball. They're always in, Bernie, on the guys, but they don't sign the guy in the end. But, you know, they are a very metric-centered team, Craig. There are some players who do not want to be on a metric-centered team. For example, pulling Clayton Kershaw out because the metrics say this is, you know, he's had enough and he, he's gone after five innings. Some players, you know, resist that, but that's not the reason they don't go there. It's all about dollars and cents and the lifestyle of the city you're in. Look what happened with Wheeler. Wheeler went to Philadelphia and not to, not to Chicago. His wife's from New Jersey. He wanted to stay in New Jersey. He, he left money on the table. That's rare. I don't think it'll happen with the Dodgers, but I look for the, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers to be major players, and I think it could start here at the winter meeting. All right, for second down, I'll go uh, in on the Philadelphia Phillies here. And, uh, and, and you heard Bernie mention Zach Wheeler. I think that the Phillies are far from done. They're being connected to almost every player right now who's out there via free agency and trade in Major League Baseball. And uh, it appears, Bernie, that they were not willing to – go maybe the extra mile for what Steven Strasburg is going to cost.
but I would not be surprised for them to end up at third base with one of the following three players in both reality and fantasy. Pay attention to this. Anthony Rendon, Josh Donaldson, or Chris Bryant. I think they're going to end up with one of those three third basemen. They obviously punted on Michael Franco. They have an opening at the position. Rightfully so. The, the owner, and when we should too. Yeah. The owner has basically decided at this point it's time to go all in. They added Wheeler. They added Real Muto last year. They added they added uh, Bryce Harper, who, by the way, is really good buddies with Chris Bryant. I'm keeping an eye on the Phillies over the next 72 hours. I look for Donaldson. I, th I think that's where they want to go is with Donaldson. I may be wrong on that, but my sources tell me that is the guy that they are targeting. Uh, he would fit perfectly there. And no hurt the Braves in the yeah. process, too. That would Obviously. be a big hurt. All right, let's go uh, back to Joe Pizapia for third down on the show. Joe, what do you got? All right, well, third down, it looks like Madison Bumgarner is looking for a five-year deal, and he just might get it. It's possible. He certainly has the track record. He could certainly help a team that has aspirations for the playoffs. There's few guys out there with a better track record in playoff baseball than Madison Bumgarner. However, one of the teams that seems to be red hot for him is the Minnesota Twins. And the only th problem I have with that, guys, is that we don't get to see Madison Bumgarner hit anymore. I mean, <laughs> does anybody believe that Madison Bumgarner is going to get the bat taken out of his hand? Maybe he'll go full Otani on us, and he'll get an opportunity to DH a little bit in the American League, maybe when Nelson Cruz decides he's going to retire some point in time. But my goodness, I can't imagine Major League Baseball with Madison Bumgarner in it, but not hitting, can you? Well, look, don't rule out uh, the Chicago White Sox, Joe. They, they would love a guy like that that can really help teach young, younger pitchers, although he does not like to do it. He's a more quiet guy than that. But uh, the south side of Chicago would be a good place for, for Bumgarner, no question in my mind. And Jerry Reinsdorf, unlike his past, is willing to pay for pitching. Years ago, he wouldn't pay for Jack McDowell. He has, you know, he did, he had a disdain for signing pitchers to long-term deals, but he wants to win. He's not getting any younger. They have a great team. I just wrote about it today at Forbes.com. You can read that article about the White Sox. I look for them to be in on on Madison Bumgarner. All right, so I'll go there for fourth down. I'm going to the White Sox here, Bernie. Okay. This is the most polarizing and mystifying team right now over the last two years in free agency. It's very rare with all due respect to the White Sox, that you can see a team whiff on free agency so much because that's really what's happened here. You saw what happened last year in spring Machado. training. Uh, Ken, uh, Kenny Williams sitting in the golf cart, basically upset, angry. The GM, uh, Han, upset, angry. We offered the money. We didn't get the player. Right. Seems like that happened again, potentially with Zach Wheeler. We don't know exactly. Why can't the White Sox, Bernie, land the players that they need because – you can sell a fan base on a rebuild, and the White Sox with Moncada and Eloy Jimenez and Tim Anderson. I mean, we're going to be buying those with Giolito. We're going to be buying these guys in fantasy in the first Kopech. five rounds. First five rounds, first ten rounds of every fantasy draft. They got right. three or four guys that we want at the top, but you can't. But you can sell the fan base on that. But now it's time for them to take that next step. If they don't take it and they can't get there, what does that mean? What did you sell the last few it's years? It's a great question. I do not have the answer. Uh, it is a terrific question. They, it's not that they don't want to spend the money. They have outbid, you know, they outbid San Diego, and they have outbid the Phillies in the past. They will do it again. They are willing to spend money. I don't know why they can't close the deal. They need a closer in the front office. They may not have it. 
They closed. They closed Grandal by paying them all the money that they did, and it was a great sign. You know, they wanted. But that's what it's requiring. They wanted a left-handed bat. He's a switch hitter. He's a great sign. I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't think it's just money. It might be something else. It might be a vibe they give off. I have no idea. I, I, I asked someone I really trust with the White Sox last week at lunch, and, and he has, you know, the same scratching his head. Part of what's happening, as everybody knows, in all of sports is this notion in football, basketball, uh, baseball, that you, you tank. That's the popular word, uh-huh. is you tank. And it's been evident that several teams in all of sports have done that. But the question becomes, after years and years of doing it, what is the end game? And if the end game isn't after three or four years becoming a team that's competitive in Major League Baseball, then you simply have failed the tank. And you went through all of this, essentially, to not win after that. I don't think that... I mean, I think it's a viable strategy. It worked for the Cubs. It worked for the Astros. Well, it worked I, for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's Craig, worked for a me, lot of teams. Let me just say this. There isn't an owner in any sport that you have to have a tag day for. They have the money. It's how they choose to spend the money that matters. And some owners don't like to spend the money on their clubs. It's that simple. None of them are poor. They all have more money than they know what to do with. But maybe some of them don't like to put money in players' pockets. All right, uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick time out here on FST, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a team that really is one of the more polarizing in uh, both reality, honestly, and fantasy, too, the Milwaukee Brewers. Wow, what a different-looking team they have been over the last couple of years, and what will the future hold? What will they do? What will the Brewers do after basically turning over 30 40% of the 25-man roster over the last couple of years? Well, who better to bring in than... Tom Hardicourt to join us and talk about the Brewers, what they may do, some of the players that they've let go, some of the potential players they may sign. That's coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. It's Craig Bishop, Bernie Pleskoff, live from San Diego at the MLB Winter Meetings. Joe Bizapia here with you as well. Sean Guastamacchia producing the show. We'll be back in just two minutes talking Milwaukee Brewers. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today live at the Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. And welcome back. This is the live broadcast of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Bernie Pleskoff at the Grand Hyatt in San Diego as we take a look at everything happening in both a reality and fantasy point of view and we'll be here uh, for the next hour and a half talking baseball with you guys updating you on all the biggest stories that are happening around the league and joining us here on the show is Tom Hardicord Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who covers the Milwaukee Brewers and uh, certainly has 
definitely a lot of interesting uh, tidbits, anecdotes, and notes over the years, and I've enjoyed following him on Twitter. And uh, certainly thank you, Tom, for joining us here live on the show today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. I always want to be on with my man Bernie here. Hey, Craig, I just want to tell you this. Not only is he an excellent writer, Tom is one of the funniest human beings you'll ever want to be around. He's very subtle, and you got to listen carefully. Every spring training and every Brewers game, I'm just sitting back there laughing, listening to Tom. It's worth the it's, price. It's great. It really is. Worth the gotta price. have fun. We, for, we, forget to have, we forget to have fun sometimes, right, Bernie? You're right. He's, he's wonderful. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. But you're the first person ever who's used the word subtle and me in the same <laughs> time. Tom, uh, the, uh, the Brewers are – is certainly in, I, I think, an intriguing position heading into the winter, which is rare because they're, they're two years ago, they're coming off a great playoff run, no question. You get beat by the Dodgers. You know, what are you going to say? The Dodgers are an all-world team. Uh, last year, of course, you know, certainly a little bit more of a disappointment. And then here we are heading into the winter, and I, I think that there are some questions that have arisen, certainly as to what the 2020 ball club is going to be like. You and I talked briefly uh, in the media room. You know, Aguilar certainly is gone. Uh, Yasmani Grandal is gone. A lot of younger players Moustakas. brought in. Mustakas <laughs> is gone too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like the story of more of who is gone as to who well, is there. Well, that's what it's been for us so far. Craig is just watching guys leave. We've, uh, we've got one new guy in. Omar Narvaez, the uh, catcher, catcher in Seattle. Furious. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. big ad. And, and, and Lauer. So, so yeah, that was, yeah. you know, that was a very nice baseball trade there, Bertie. You know, yeah, we always talk yeah. about how these so they try to win trades. This team tries to screw the other team and win trades. That was a good baseball yes, trade. It, it gave uh, the Padres exactly what they wanted. Zach Davies, established starting right-hander, right. and a young outfielder, Trent Grisham, who's got a lot of upside. And the Brewers get back a lefty, Eric Lauer. They didn't have a lefty in their rotation. Right. And then young infield, Ernie who you know he might be their starting shortstop he can hit you know defensively I think you're going to be challenged up the middle with uh Uria and him at and Urias at shortstop it's not going to be the greatest defensive uh middle infield but right. boy those guys can hit both yeah. of them you know they shift so much Bernie I know. nobody shifts more than the Brewers in the National League you can look it up they shift so much that it's almost silly to even assign a position next to a guy <laughs> the whole reason the Reds give uh, Moustakas a four-year deal to be their second baseman. It's because he plays 40 games of second base of the Brewers. Right. But, I mean, we see five, six, three double plays, six, four, <laughs> two. I mean, you know, they're shifting like crazy. One of the biggest changes in the game. Yeah, and if, no they, if, if they take shifting away and um, the, have three batter minimum for relievers. Craig Council is going to really have to change the way he manages. <laughs> I worry about your pitching. I think you've got enough offense. You've got Kane. You've got Yelich. You've got Braun. You've got the offense. I worry about the pitching. Yeah, especially starting pitching. Yeah, right. they, and, and let's face it, I, I was looking it up uh, the other day. They were 25th in the uh, major leagues in innings from their starters, 775, mm -hmm. I think, 25th. They, they bullpen the heck out of games. Well, you still got to cover those 800 or so right. innings. Right yeah. now, they've only got a, a couple of guys, uh, Lauer and Woodruff, who've pitched more than 100 innings last year. Also, um, if that three batter minimum uh, yeah, goes that's in a big there, one. that's, that's going to change one. the way you bullpen. And so, um, you know, there's word that they're listening on Hater. I, I, yeah, I'd love to expand on that one. That yeah. was a surprise. Well, what do you got to what do you got to give them to get Josh Hater? Though is my question because. He's one of one. 
There's nobody else like him. You tell me anybody else like him. Basically, he just comes in and strikes everybody out. Exactly. Right. Um, he's one of one with four years of control. Now, have they ridden them hard for two years? Yes, they have ridden them hard for two years. But still, four years of control. He's just now salary. He's a super two. He hit it right. <laughs> talk about talk about good fortune. He hit, it, he hit it right on the cutoff date. He's right on the cutoff date for Super 2. One less day of service time, he's not Super 2. And it's all that is is the difference between making 600000 and $6 million. <laughs> Well, if somebody overwhelms them, yes. you know, I don't know that there isn't a player that – name a player. You Yelich. could probably get – well, Yelich. <laughs> uh, They're not trading Trout. him. When, we went yeah. through that on my end yeah. once already yeah. in South Florida. Yeah, exactly. yeah the, Brewers still, I, the Brewers still think the Marlins. They'd have to be overwhelmed to get – Overwhelmed, to, yeah. All right, so so Tom Hardcourt is with us, and uh, let, let's kind of try to get ahead of this. And you know, David Stearns has, you know, honestly talked a lot more this offseason than he has. I think he understands some of the at least fan backlash, media backlash. As you said, it's more about the players that are going out as opposed to the players who are coming in. Uh, I, I know that this is not an exact science, Tom, but let, let's talk about position-wise. What are the Brewers yeah. looking to upgrade well, starting now? Well, right now uh, they don't have um, a first baseman or a third baseman. Uh, <laughs> those are two pretty big. Imp- you know, Eric Thames, they uh, did not exercise his option at first base, even though he hit 25 home runs. And then um, Moustakas, who started as their second baseman but ended up going back to third, he uh, signed with the Reds, and Travis Shaw was non-tender. Yeah. And, and so uh, they don't have a fir- – unless Urias is going to go over there and play third or somebody like that that we don't know. But right now they're missing a lot of home runs. I was looking – so the Brewers set, set a franchise record last year with 250 homers, and I think that was like third in the National League. They're missing 88 of them with Moustakas, mm. Grandal, and Thames. 88. Those guys hit 88 homers. So uh, they've got to make up some pop there. You know, they have 32 players on their 40-man roster right now. That's by far the lowest number they've ever brought so to So they're the going to play in Rule 5, I would think. Eight guys? Not eight, <laughs> but I think they'll pick somebody. Remember well, that bullpen guy they had the rule yeah. five many years ago, Wei, Wei and Chung or whatever? Oh, yeah. They held on to him. The Wei, Sh- Wei Chung Wong. They kept yeah. putting him in at the end of the game. He's, getting, he's get, in the major leagues now, you know. So, yeah. So, uh, and they've uh, they've had some success doing that. You know, if baseball does go to 26-man rosters next year, and that's the word, um, I think a lot of teams might be tempted to do that rule five thing. Yeah. My question is, do they trade Lorenzo Cain? Yeah. You know, He's, what, 33 years old. Yeah. He still has tremendous value. Right. A little bit of injury risk there, but is he their trade bait? Yeah, he's got three years left um, on a five-year, $80 million contract, so it, he's got some salary yeah. attached to him. He has a minim- he has um, limited no-trade clauses, but, you know, that you can usually work around that. I'll tell you what, though, Bernie, he, he would be a hard guy to trade and sell to the fans because he's so beloved there in Milwaukee. He's a great you know, center fielder. And, and, and uh, finally won the gold glove last yeah, year yeah. that he should have won all along. Stole, and he's a great hitter. And he's a great guy, and he's uh, an original Milwaukee draft pick. But I'm scratching my head trying to figure out who's tradable. Uh-huh. I don't see anybody. Yeah. And it's a tough, tough position. Let, so let, they're going to buy players. Let, let, let me take the fantasy angle on this here for a minute, Tom. Last year – Two players that I bought in on that may have cost me uh, my, my entire season last year, especially in the NL, and we talked about them briefly about an hour ago. 
Travis Shaw yeah. and Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. Why did I go yeah. so wrong on well, both? Of them? I expected knows? 50 home runs from those. Well, they two hit guys. 67 between All the I wanted was 50 before. last year. I, I got nothing. That's I know. How did that happen? What I, happened with those two guys? I, I wish I had a good. You know, it, look, Aguilar had one good year. Yeah. When he was with Cleveland, he did not put up those numbers, yeah. and and he couldn't get on the field. So I think that good year skewed his reputation. And you know he did make the All Star team, but and then I think he fell apart. But Shaw's more puzzling. That is a real puzzle because he had two straight thirty home run That's seasons. That's a real puzzle. And um, you know, still a young guy, and so uh, it was almost like he forgot how to hit. I tell you what happened with him. Uh, he he started in in a really bad funk, and then then he started pressing. So now there's this outcry to bring Keston Hero up, you know, and he's he's right. tearing it up in AAA. Right. So they bring him up, put him at second, move Mustakas back to third, and now Shaw goes to AAA. Right. So he goes down there and he and he and he like looks like he gets himself squared away. But here is up in the major leagues, batting 300. Mustakas yeah. is an all star. Uh, he he can't get his job back. So now you come up and you play once or twice a week. You can't, can't ever do get it. going can't doing do that. It, right. And so he lost confidence in himself. Then they lost. He thinks they lost confidence in him. They tried to get him to take a lower deal rather than non-tenure. But he just wants. He wanted to go. You know, get a fresh start somewhere else. I think he's, he's a, a guy to pickup. watch. Yeah, next he year. really is. Somebody's going to pick him up. They're going to let him play. He's a good third baseman. And and I think he could rebuild. I thought Miami should have went for him, by the way, instead of Aguilar. Um, before we go, Tom, build me the the uh, this magical bullpen that the Brewers used to have and help us out for the ninth inning here. Uh, Jeffers, of course. Well, here, here's a guy. So, so you guys like to know guys that bounce back. Guys. Yes, give me, give me Corey Knable, right? Yeah. Corey you think he Knable. gets the ninth yeah. back? Um, if they trade Hader, he definitely does. Now, I'm not sure he's going to open on the active roster. He he's going to be at, right at the one year Tommy John date, right on round on opening day. Okay. You usually need a little bit more than that. Although Brent Suter came back. That's in, true. He was fast. Twelve months like Watch right. Ray There's Black. another guy too. Watch Brent Black. Suter. Black throws yeah. 100 miles an hour. Yeah. If he throws strikes. If he could ever yeah. get it together, this guy's got a great arm. Yeah. And he's a fantasy sleeper. Okay. So favorite for saves still Hader to start the year. Yes. And but then, uh, but keep an eye on Corey Knable. I'm telling you, yeah, coming back. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tom, thank you so much. Thanks, great, guys. Great to see appreciate you. Great to have it. you here at the uh, at the winter meetings. Thanks, really appreciate guys. it. Thank and, you. Uh, and look, we are off and running here on the show. We're going to go from the Brewers to the Mets next, as Tim Healy's going to join us here on the show. A lot of Mets movement as well. Uh, the teams that have things to do, we're going to bring in uh, guests and uh, and people who cover the game like no one else could. Don't forget, you can listen to the show live uh, every day, Monday through Wednesday. Two hours, 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific, 12 to 2 Eastern on the iHeartRadio app as well as TuneIn Radio and FantasySportsNetwork.com. After a quick timeout, we dive into what the New York Mets may or may not do and some of the things that they've already done. Tim Healy from Newsday joins us next on the way. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And now we return live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff.
All right, welcome back. We are live at the MLB Winter Meetings here on FNTSY Radio. Also, those of you who are listening on the iHeartRadio or TuneIn apps, make sure that you can catch the show on demand 24-7 just by downloading us in the iTunes Store, Google Play. You can listen to us live or listen as a podcast. We got former MLB scout Bernie Pleskoff talking reality, talking fantasy. Bernie's been in the room when the deals go down. And uh, Tim Healy has been covering the New York Mets now for a couple of years. We miss him in South Florida, but certainly he has kept things very busy for all of us <laughs> with uh, his coverage over at Newsday. Tim, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us here on FNTSY Radio and Fantasy Sports today. Welcome in. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, so, okay, so the Mets uh, certainly made some news in the offseason. We start Big off news. with a new manager, a new skipper, Carlos Beltran, yep. one of the most popular players in baseball over a 10 15 year period great player of course with the Mets uh let's let's dive into the decision and what that may mean for players on the field with Beltron as the manager it's going to be really interesting because Beltron's never done this before for as much as he was respected as a player and he had a you know borderline potential hall of fame career um he's never had to be the boss before he was a clubhouse leader but he's never been in the manager's office so it's going to be interesting to see how that transition goes for him uh, the early returns suggest that players are quite enthused about it. Now, given the, you know, mostly young clubhouse or the largely young clubhouse, it's a bunch of guys who grew up watching Beltron play. Sure. Um, so it's a lot. It seems like there's a lot of enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, it's easy to be enthusiastic in December. It's easy to be enthusiastic when you show up for spring training. So it's going to be really cool to see how Beltron evolves as a manager and how he settles in. I think that what we would wonder is philosophically mm. how things would change uh, on the field from a Mickey Calloway to a Carlos Beltran. We won't know that, and I think that's probably more of what we would try to lean in for trying to pick players in our fantasy leagues. You know that, Tim. <laughs> uh, but let, has there been any indication, and what kind of, let, let's say this, what kind of manager was Calloway in terms of positioning players and putting them in the lineup? And what will Beltron be? For example, there would be some sentiment that a lot of the lineups may be analytical. Sure. Maybe it wouldn't come from a guy like Beltron. I find it hard to believe that that guy would take that role without having some key decisions. I think Beltron understands that it's going to be uh, a team effort, and that might be putting it lightly. The front office does have sway in the lineup making. And you're right that Beltron is a guy who speaks his mind. He's been around a long time, has a lot of respect in the game. Uh, but his last two jobs were as a special assistant with the Yankees to the front office, sure. who operate like that. Of course. And he finished his playing career with the Astros, who, of course, are as analytical as anybody and, you know, for heavy front office influence in the dugout. So I think he gets it. He understands what baseball today is for pretty much every team. Uh, and he, he, he spoke openly, you know, at his, at his introductory news conference a little over a month ago. He said the GM has to be your best friend. Um, so that means he, he's ready for the collaboration, which is the buzzword Brody Van Wagenen uses, uh, the collaboration for lineup making, roster making, all, all of that stuff. Let's, uh, let, let's take the next step here uh, real quick before we go to Bernie. Uh, Zach Wheeler sure. leaves New York, signs with Philadelphia. How will the Mets replace him? To be decided, but I... It, it's hard to replace Zach Wheeler, and I think in the mind of the Mets, or at least the way they are spinning it, they don't have to replace Zach Wheeler. They did that ahead of time by getting Marcus Stroman in July. Mm -hmm. So in their minds, they have to replace Jason Vargas, who was, of course, their fifth starter, wasn't very good. Uh, now, 
I think you can argue with that. I, uh, really, it was Strowman who was replacing Vargas in July, and now you need to replace Wheeler. So I think they would be best off acquiring the best starter possible, but it seems that they have their sights set on more of a back-end type guy, whether that's Rick Porcello, who they're mm -hmm. reportedly interested in, or what have you. We'll have to see how the chips fall there. They've talked about Seth Lugo or Robert Gazelman moving back to the rotation, but I'm skeptical that that will actually be the case. Yeah, no Gazelman for me, please. <laughs> I, I went. I went down that road once, Bernie. A couple years ago. <laughs> I understand. Did not work. Frustration. And they picked up Jake Marusnik, who they is did. a tremendous defensive outfielder. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's why he's there. Yeah, can hit a little bit, but you do need that fifth starter. So yeah. is that the priority here at the winter meetings? I think the priority is going to be pitching one way or another. And uh, the pen as well. Yes. Yes. They need. They need. A, they need another starting pitcher, and they need at least one reliever. Uh, that, like I said, they'd be best off getting. You know. Hunjin Rue and and Dylan Batance, so I, I, I don't think they're going to be playing at that level right. uh, necessarily. How, how long do they stick with Edwin Diaz? I mean, uh, when does he get the hook? As closer, or as a person on the roster? No, no, as the closer. Well, he got the hook in about August. Yeah, but he's still, you know, he's still in the mix, right? Oh, definitely for in the that, mix, and and part of their uh, plan which is maybe too nice of a word for the bullpen, is Edwin Diaz bouncing back yeah, and right. Jerry's Familia bouncing back. Now, to me, that's not a plan. You still need other back-end guys, especially if you're flirting with the idea of taking Seth Lugo out of the bullpen, and he's been your best guy for two years. Uh, but who's going to be the closer? They haven't committed to anybody. I would be surprised if it's Edwin Diaz out of the gate in, 2000, in 2020. Um, but... They haven't really said, and they haven't added anybody. So it's right now. It's got to be probably every, Lugo. Relief relievers do that. You know, they're yeah. like uh, every other year, maybe two good, one bad. Right. You know, for me in fantasy, Diaz is a guy to roll the dice with. Way, way because of the cost. Yeah. And, yeah, the cost is going to be cheap. The guy's got the arm. He's done it before. Why not? The risk risk reward. The reward is tremendous there, and it is for the big league club, and it is in fantasy. As a low-end pick, you know, Craig, Diaz, Diaz has some value. A player once told me uh, in the clubhouse a couple of years ago that Edwin Diaz has no idea where, what he's doing with the ball when he gets it. <laughs> not well, he's zero. Not, and he's, that, he's, that he, makes you scared. To he's have not to the only him. pitcher out there that, that you can say that. that that's true, but okay. that was pointed out to me directly. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that's true. Uh, Tim Healy is with us from Newsday. So two years ago. I, uh, in the fantasy world, I struck fantasy gold with Nimmo. Okay. And then he backed that up with a dud, unfortunately for him, from injuries and ineffective. Sure. Let's give him a little mulligan for the injury stuff. Last year, I did it again with Jeff McNeil. Okay. So here's my question for you. Do the Mets feel that what we saw with Jeff McNeil is Jeff McNeil? He's now a fan favorite, like Nimmo. Sure. Maybe a, you know, maybe a more polished hitter than Nimmo, too. But I always have my concerns that guys that we haven't really seen do it at a level that he did, which was absolutely fantastic. Right. I'm not going to say, is he going to do it again, but can he do it again? I think he can absolutely do it again. We saw in 2018 he tore up double-A, tore up triple-A, finally got his chance in the majors at age 26, uh, had a really good final third of the year. So this, this time last year, it was a similar question about Jeff McNeil. Is he for real? What kind of major league player, what kind of major league hitter is he? Where is he going to play on the field? Um, they almost traded him to Seattle in the Cano-Diaz deal, which would have been even more of a train wreck if that was the case. And then he came back and was an all-star. He was in the running for a batting title before a late slump. 
I think we pretty much know what Jeff McNeil is. Now, the thing to watch out for in both fantasy and reality is the injury history. He missed a lot of time in the minors with injuries. He had all sorts of nagging things in 2019. And moving forward, that's something you have to be aware of, especially for a guy who plays defense the way he does, throwing his body pretty much wherever to try to catch the ball, which is commendable, but also he's injury prone. Tim, you see the uh, sophomore jinx with Pete Alonzo? Uh, I, I, I'm not ready for a sophomore jinx, but I don't, I'm not ready to say he's going to hit 53 home runs again. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody was ready to say he was going to hit it last year. I, right. saw him, I saw him in the Arizona Fall League, and I'll tell you what. I wrote two articles about him. He is not a clank at first base. Mm-hmm. He's a much better first baseman than people think. And the guy has tremendous upper body strength, and he gets that bat out ahead of the ball. Just a terrific hitter. And I don't think it's going to go to his head. He's a humble kid. You know, I, I think he has a chance to hit a 40 to 50 home runs. I really do. Definitely, yeah. And a lot of those 40 to 50 home runs can come an accident just by being contact with all. That's how so strong, strong he is. Right, right. So he's a good bet for, you know, even in a down year, probably 30. Yeah. You know what I mean? If he can stay on like he was this season, then 40, 45, 50 seems you know, completely I mean, reasonable. He's got some protection, and you know, a lot of it has to do with Cano. What Cano does behind him in the order, if mm-hmm. he's there, you know, protection in the lineup is big for me. I look for that because if you pitch around a guy, you know, that obviously impacts his stats. So when you're doing your fantasy team, you need to check that lineup and see who's hitting in front or behind the hitter you're looking at. So Alonzo's got some protection with Cano. I think Cano's got a bounce back. He, he did in the second half this year, yeah. uh, not so much in the first half. Once his hand healed up, he was better. He's so. still a great hitter. You know, he really is. Yeah. Th- yeah. Well, in, my, in Miami, they, uh, there was all these accusations of him not running out the ball uh, and, and all this stuff. It wasn't yeah. accusations. It it's was uh, the reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. Yeah, well, but, again, he's not the only one. But, no, yes, no. that is true. I, I pride myself. Uh, Tim Healy is with us from Newsday along with Bernie Pleskoff. I pride myself on not Googling and checking when I can't come up with something in my head. So I, I, <laughs> I can come up with the catcher, the first baseman, the second baseman, and a Met Rosario at short. So at third base for the New York Mets, I'm yeah. assuming Frazier is not somebody that's going to no. uh, that that's not somebody to come back. Very well liked guy, but at the end, uh, is it McNeil? Am I sh- just struggling to come Jeff up with McNeil. the starting third baseman? It, it, it's t- TBD, but probably Jeff McNeil. Okay. JD Davis is also oh, factored nice in there addition. somewhere. Third base and left field are sort of connected with JD Davis and Jeff McNeil playing both of those spots. Right. Jed Lowry, if he's healthy, figures in somewhere, probably, yeah. right? Dominic Smith, if they don't trade him, figures somewhere into left field. So they have a lot of moving pieces, a little bit of a log jam on the left side, left field and third base. Um, but my, my bet would be mostly at bats at third going to Jeff McNeil. Are, are there any players uh, in the minor leagues right now that we can get ahead of here that the Mets are even talking about? Is anybody in terms of contributing Kalenic would have been that guy he would have been that guy certainly he's gone by Uh, the way that's gonna that's gonna turn out to be a huge mistake if it isn't already that kid can really play yeah by all accounts yeah looks ugly now and it might look ugly later when he's a big leaguer but as far as minor leagues virtually no upper level big time prospects Andres Jimenez had a down year in double a had a great Arizona fall league he's still only going to be 21 this year shortstop um his offensive capabilities are a little bit of a question mark. So 
long term, don't know what the Mets are going to do with him and Rosario. So he's one. He's kind of like the most interesting guy there right now. But most of their top prospects are lower in the minors. One more for me. Uh, we still have three or four months before we have to make our final determinations, Tim. Uh, you, I know that you're not playing it, but give me the Met you want this year. Uh, the Met you want. And, and, and by the way, we all want Jacob DeGrom, so don't give me him. Sure, give, sure. Give me the Met you want this year maybe no one's talking about that you feel that you've thought about, you've written about that could get to that next level. Undervalued guy. Uh, well, J.D. Davis had a nice breakout 2019. So if you're looking for, I don't know if sleeper is the right term because I don't know how much of a sleeper he still is anymore. Um, but... To me, if he gets full-time at-bats, then he's going to be a great offensive player. Um, and the other side is, uh, I, it's been, this has been an answer for a half decade, so maybe it's a terrible answer, but I'm still waiting for Noah Syndergaard uh, to, be, to be good and healthy for a whole year. No. <laughs> I just totally understand it, totally understand it, but fantasy or otherwise, a big part of the Mets' plan of being contenders in 2020 they have to have him. hinges on him being yeah. that co-ace with the ground which have he to have could be but right. hasn't been he's the gronkowski of baseball you I mean, mentioned baseball dominic player. smith for me 30 yeah. seconds bernie dominic smith is electricity i don't touch him <laughs> you know obviously want no part of dominic smith i've seen enough okay fair enough That's looked like he could hit to me in 2019 all right well we'll <laughs> see if he ends up with the mets or somewhere else we know where tim healy's gonna end up which is covering the Mets for Newsday here at the Winter Meetings. It's always great catching up with you, Tim, as always. Thanks always for making time for me as well. Thanks for having me. All right, always Tim happy. Healy, you can follow him on Twitter, of course. All his coverage on uh, Newsday. And we'll be back with the best of the first hour of the show. It's a two-minute segment. And then we come back in hour number two right here on Fantasy Sports Today. You're listening live on the FNTSY app as well as iHeartRadio and TuneIn. We will be back with plenty more right here on the show as we dive more into the outlook for 2020. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Tom Hardicord, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who covers the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are you know, certainly in, I, I think, an intriguing position heading into the winter, which is rare because they're, they're two years ago, they're coming off a great playoff run, no question. You get beat by the Dodgers. You know, what are you going to say? The Dodgers are an all-world team. Uh, last year, of course, you know, certainly a little bit more of a disappointment. And then here we are heading into the winter, and I, I think that there are some questions that have arisen, certainly as to what the 2020 ball club is going to be like. You and I talked briefly 
uh, in the media room. You know, Aguilar certainly is gone. Uh, Yasmani Grandal is gone. A lot of younger players Moustakas. brought in. Mustakas <laughs> is gone too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like the story of more of who is gone as to who well, is there. That's what it's been for us so far, Craig. Is just watching guys leave. We've, uh, we've got one new guy in. Omar Narvaez, the uh, catcher, catcher in Seattle. Urias. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. big ad. That's and, a big and Lauer. So, so yeah, that was, the, yeah. you know, that was a very nice baseball trade there, Bertie. You know, yeah, we always talk yeah. about how these so they try to win trades. This team tries to screw the other team and win trades. That was a good baseball yes, trade. It, was. it gave uh, the Padres exactly what they wanted. Zach Davies, an established starting right-hander, right. and a young outfielder, Trent Grisham, who's got a lot of upside. And the Brewers get back a lefty, Eric Lauer. They didn't have a lefty in their rotation. Right. And then the young infield, Earl who you know he might be their starting shortstop he can hit you know defensively i think you're going to be challenged up the middle with uh Uria and him at and urius at shortstop it's not going to be the greatest defensive uh middle infield but right. boy those guys can hit both yeah. of them you know they shift so much bernie I know. nobody shifts more than the brewers in the national league you can look it up they shift so much that it's almost silly to even assign a position next to a guy <laughs> the whole reason the Reds give uh, Moustakas a four-year deal to be their second baseman. It's because he plays 40 games of second base of the Brewers. Right. But, I mean, we see five, six, three double plays, six, four, yeah. two. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're shifting like crazy. One of the biggest changes in the game. Yeah, and if, no they, if, if they take shifting away and um, the, have three batter minimum for relievers. Craig Council's going to really have to change the way he manages. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand. This is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today. <laughs> 